Rekex is back. My name is Dan Hoff Rodriguez and I am the founder of CX Square Talent Solutions, The Brum Muse, and of course, Rekex, a podcast that talks about all things talent, employability, and the underlying issues within the digital skills gap in the tech industry in Birmingham and the West Midlands. In this series, we are going to be speaking to a number of digital skills solution providers across the city and region who are doing great things to help career changes and young people get into tech. The digital skills gap is a hot topic at the moment, and whilst I'm a massive advocate of it, I don't believe we're doing enough to support the great work that these solution providers are all doing. We are going to be speaking to some fascinating and extremely passionate people who are helping to bridge the digital skills gap in the technology scene. And I'm here to help support, listen and promote the work they are doing in order to help them find employers, future cohorts and get their name out there. And more importantly, the recognition that they deserve. So it's time. Let's go. In today's episode, I meet and speak with Bamwo from School of Code. He is the delivery lead for School of Code, who are now in their third cohort, um, who are based in Digbeth, Birmingham. Great little business that have been really shaping uh, the whole digital skills solution providers piece um, and who are making great inroads um, and forming great partnerships with employers across the region. Um, Bamwe talked all about his route into uh, joining School of Code, but whilst also sharing his experiences and opinions on employers' mindsets in the current market. Um, real good discussions all around the employer, job description, culture and brand piece, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Hey, Hi, Bamwo. How are you? Not bad at all, thanks. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely spot on. Um, welcome to uh, to RecX. Um, I always start the show by asking um, whoever's on to to introduce themselves and and their role, their play. But obviously, big big welcome to to School of Code. Um, I don't know if you want to if you want to give give us a, an intro. Cool. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on and it's great to be here. So I'm Banwo Doru. I lead delivery at School of Code, which involves multiple things. But one of the biggest things it involves is engaging with the tech community in Birmingham to establish links and a community where we can have a sustainable talent pool that gets people from different backgrounds into technology and how we can help companies have more and different types of people working within their tech teams in a nutshell. So that's a large part of my role. Other than that, there's obviously the software and the tech side of what I do and my general interest and support for tech and progressive technology and using tech for good. So in a nutshell, that's me and a bit of what I do at School of Code. Cool, cool. No, great, great intro. And, and for people that don't know School of Code, um, mm -hmm. do you want to give us a, a bit of a snippet of the sort of digital skills gaps and, and, and yeah. the, the providers that, you, you, that you're focusing on in your program? Yeah, of course. So our overarching goal is to get more and different types of people into technology. And the way we do this is through a 16-week completely free JavaScript coding bootcamp. So we take people from multiple different backgrounds, no prerequisites to get onto the course. Essentially, you just have to show that you have an aptitude to learn and a desire to get through the course to become somebody that's working within technology. 
Um, so up until now, we have people going through our 16-week boot camp and getting jobs within six weeks after completing the course. We have a 50-50 wow. gender split. We have a cohort that reflects a local um, demographic. We have an age, age range from 18 to right up to you know, mid-50s, uh, 60 even. So that's what we do. We get people from different backgrounds and get them into technology, creating a diverse tech uh, talent pool and more and different types of people in technology. Brilliant, brilliant. And obviously Chris is on his, he's still on his honeymoon, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so you're, I know you've been mega, mega busy, but where did the inspiration come from? Because, uh, you know, from, from, from Chris, where, where, where are you at with the number of cohorts now? And, and uh, yeah, what, what's, the, what's the background to, to how it all began? Cool. I guess um, uh, I don't want to speak too much for Chris, but hopefully I'll say good things. Nothing, nothing too left field. Um, basically, he, he, I mean, he kind of is someone that is extremely intelligent, extremely good at code and extremely good with people at the same time. And for him, I feel like this was that perfect combination between using his natural empathy for people and his obviously innate you know, intelligence and attitude for code. Uh, rather mm. than saying he's going to go somewhere and earn X amount of money uh, developing or doing anything like that. He said, well, how can I use this to actually essentially change people's lives? You know, we're doing something for people for free, which they might pay other boot camps up to 15 grand for. Um, wow. And basically the skills gap that we're, we're trying to bridge, obviously it's it, digital skills, getting people into, into work, into jobs, and essentially upskilling people, increasing their earning potential, and helping them actually to forge a completely new career and life. And I think Chris's natural empathy for people and his desire to help is what spurred on this vision and this project. And I'm happy to be on the train. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great project and it's, it's brought a lot of good positive press to the city in terms yeah. of, uh, in terms of your success stories. Um, when did you join? You've not because you've not been there long, and you've obviously yeah. joined this journey, yeah, fairly early on because the success mm. is starting to really tell as 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 a school of code continues mm. to be a great success. But why did you join? Because you've you've moved from you've you've moved routes as well, haven't you? Yeah. So I came uh, I came down from well up from yeah up from London uh, up, to, yeah. to join School of Code. Um, my background was a bit weird um, before I even got into code and into technology and I've seen what it can do for people. Uh, so I actually studied law in Southampton University. After that, I worked in investment banking, asset management for a little while. Uh, after that, I went to work for the Walt Disney Company in um, contracts and basically working with contracts with Central Eastern Europe. Um, after that, I founded a tech company, which we had for a couple of years. And that was my first introduction into, into technology, into raising rounds of investment, into handling large-scale tech projects. And after I left that startup, um, I then spent, you know, the better part of a year just in my room hacking away, learning how to code. And that's when I saw, wow, this thing is, is exciting. It's, it's fun. It's challenging and it's difficult. It's frustrating, but it's also hugely rewarding. And mm. when I first started the startup I had, uh, I'd met Chris along that journey. We'd crossed paths one or two times. And that's when I found out about School of Code initially. And so... Um, by chance, Chris and I got back in touch and it was whilst I was coming to the end of learning and I had two options, which was either to go and, you know, try and forge a path as a developer or join this amazing project. And 
for me, it was like, well, I've always been someone that wants to help and to teach and to give back to communities. And this was just a fantastic and perfect blend of using tech skills and that desire to come into School of Code and do something fantastic. So we're now on our third cohort, which started on the 20th of Jan, and they are I think, just coming up to three quarters of the way through. And just for me, being able to witness that transformation in people, in their confidence, in their skills, in what they're able to do, um, it, it's already paid. I'm already like rewarded from just being there since October. So mm. yeah, it's been a great ride. I, I like I like the fact that you guys you mentioned you've got a 50-50 gender split. Um, I think that's really, really important. I think the statistics are saying that, you know, most young females that have got an interest in in tech or pursuing a potential career in tech, whatever that looks like, drops off on average around 13 years old. Um, I think you've got a big place to play. Tell us a little bit about some of the the initiatives you do, because you you bring in outside speakers as well, don't you, to speak to your students whilst they're mm-hmm. learning. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the best ways to actually uh, get the people within the boot camp to see what the other side looks like. Um, whether it's um, getting you know women speakers in to come and talk. I spoke at a Girl Code event recently about getting more women into technology and how we handle representation within technology. So having people to come in to speak and also us going out, out you know, to other places to speak helps us to build that community up as well. Helps people to see both sides of the coin, whether it's from the learning stage or from the opposite stage where people have been doing it for years to come and talk and inspire. Um, and we're trying to do more of that. We're trying to have, be more active in the community, trying to do more things which are outward facing, that people can see what we're doing and see that actually this you know, world of tech and coding isn't as mystic as it seems and as it looks, that it's something that's accessible to everyone. Um, yeah. And I think that's what our engagement both you know, internally and externally is all about. Yeah, I, I don't think we've got to we've got to be, you know, be realistic. Is that we've we've got to collaborate in order to share these journeys. So I think it's 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 really important to embed yourselves in the in the tech community in order to to get good people. Because I, I've got a question here, a bit left left field. Mm. What is the tech community like in in Birmingham since you moved up here? I know you've not been here that long, but what's mm. the, what's your feelings of the tech community as opposed to that of London? Because I always step away from this whole London. Let's compare ourselves to London. Like I, I'm a massive believer that we should just be be our own city. And by the way, I'm originally from London, um, so nice. I'm, I'm I'm not going to hate on London, but I yeah. just think it's a different it's a different beast out there, right? But what 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 mm. what have you noticed are, are are the differences since you've moved up here? It is, it is a very different beast, you're quite right. Um, London, uh, you know, having worked in central London for years in the beginning of my career, uh, when I first started working, I was in Moorgate, then I moved over to Victoria. And London is, is exciting, you know, and it's, uh, it's very, very full on. And it's, uh, it's probably a lot of the stereotypes that you've heard about it, but it's big and you can get lost in that sea of just people and things and different things happening. And I guess in London as well, between let's say myself and uh, you know a founder or a director there's multiple steps and multiple bits of red tape and multiple things I have to do to even try and sit down and talk to a tech director maybe Um, and I guess that's because of how far up and how built up the tech community and the financial industry and the banking industry all of those things are in London is that between myself as someone that's starting off and the guy at the top, there's, you know, million steps and a million things between. 
And but here in Birmingham, I guess because of the size and it's a bit smaller, and people are actively coming out to want to build something great, the ability for me to connect with someone who's you know relatively or extremely senior and have a candid conversation about how we can work together mm. is there and it's palpable. And I've had those conversa- conversations and I'm having those experiences and those connections. Yeah. So for me, being in Birmingham um, or even just in the West Midlands, actually, I feel like I'm actually part of building something up. Whereas in London, it can very much feel like I am trying to scale a building which is already built to get the way to the top. Here, I feel like I'm part of the team building up that structure. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. I think that's the difference, isn't it? I think there's that you can't you can't compete. Not that you'd want mm. to. Um, but similarly, what I've noticed since I set up my uh, my tech recruitment business and and also obviously doing all this work uh, to inspire the next generation. It's just how forthcoming people are to, to want to help, you know, without wanting anything back. I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. And, you know, you could ask for, you can ask for help, um, not expecting um, to get any, but I've been so surprised with how willing people are to, to want to help, yeah. help you. Yeah. Yeah. The inbound that comes into School of Code from, you know, very reputable people and businesses and founders alike that they just want to contribute. They want to do something to help. It's, it's, it's amazing. Even just being at School of Code, where you know we have mentors for all the boot campers from the tech industry, there's almost like an oversubscription of people that want to come in and help. Yeah. And that's, that's such a big culture shift. Yeah. Because I think people in Birmingham and the West Midlands as a whole realize that we want to be part of building something up. Everyone wants to be part of that yeah. and positively to share. And um, yeah, that culture, that culture shock is, is different. And that shift is, is warm and welcoming. Yeah, which is what you want, I suppose. Totally. <laughs> yeah. um, so what, look, what, what, what's your take on, and this is a big question, what's your take on the digital mm. skills gap as it is? Because um, you've just joined um, my round table, the Brum Muse, which yes. I'm really, really pleased to have you guys on board. Absolute um, pleasure. But what's your take on the digital skills gap because it's an overused phrase let's be frank you know people mm. use it so loosely at the moment without really understanding it what is your potential take on it as, as a solution provider that is having an impact on it i think it's even though like you said it has become somewhat of a buzzword but i think it's regardless of that it's still extremely pressing it's a very very pressing topic yeah. because the world is changing and Everything that can be digital will be digital. Every company will be a tech company. And that unfortunately means that there will be people that are left behind. If you look at the current situation that we're having, some of the, you know, with the coronavirus situation, some of the biggest winners are in tech. Look yep. at Zoom, for example. You know, <laughs> Zoom has, has just you know, exploded because you know, it's tech. And tech has this weird way of sometimes being able to weather storms and create new industries and grow very, very quickly and scale very quickly, which you couldn't have with big industrial manufacturing before, which you couldn't have in companies that were very human resource intensive. You know, it's so different. And unfortunately, slash fortunately, one of the things that will happen with this big tech revolution is people that can be automated by machines will be. And what do, what, how do we, interact with these people and get them to be a contributor into this changing world and i guess that's what the digital skills gap is all about and it's up to people who are already in tech 
or in digital to reach out into the community and reach out into the world and say, hey, everybody, the world is changing. How can I help you to change with it? Mm. And that's what School of Code is about. It's saying, hey, everyone, the world is becoming digital. Uh, everything that will be JavaScript will essentially be JavaScript or you know things like that. Yep. And how can we get you to be part of this revolution? And that's, you know, lucky that's what we've been able to do with our third cohort now. Uh, you know, we've done it with two cohorts in the past on our third. And, you know, looking positively and hopefully we're going to do it with many, many, many more thousands of people. Yeah. So how, how many are in a cohort per? 24 every cohort. 24. Okay. Does that, that's, that's, not a, that's not a small number, is it? That's, that's, that's sizable. When it, yeah, <laughs> it's sizable. Yeah. Um, and obviously our hope is to do a lot more. You know, this year we were heavily oversubscribed, about 1,500 applications for 24 spaces. Ugh. And yeah, you know, well, what do you do with, with other people that we, we couldn't help? And hopefully we get the chance to expand and grow. We're in our scaling phase now yep. as a company. And we're, you know, trying to get more people on to support the vision so that we can help to support other people. Yeah. What happens with those, those other 1,000, let me just do the mass, 1,475 applications then? <laughs> <laughs> they, they um, so one thing that we're trying to set up at the minute is evening classes. So people that maybe didn't make it to the full-on bootcamp, what can we do to actually still get them into code and interacting with digital and tech mm. uh, is, you know, doing some type of evening classes. And as you know, we are one of the providers for the West Midlands Combined Authority. And there are other providers within that same cohort or group that offer different digital skills. So obviously we're doing, you know, code, JavaScript. There are other providers who do things like cybersecurity. Yep. So, you know, possibly what we're currently doing with the WMCA and all the other providers is to create this kind of sharing of, of resources where, for example, if somebody gets onto a course, that's great. But if they don't, can we direct them to other providers where they can get some type of interaction or learning? Nice. And that way we can, you know, people aren't left with nothing after not getting it. We give them resources, we give them opportunities. And then on top of that, we say, come back and apply, you know, next round and next time. And hopefully if we give you a bit of some evening classes or some resources, next time you apply, you have a higher chance of getting in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I, I didn't realize that. So that you guys are collaborating with other, other obviously digital solution providers, um, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is really, really good, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, we're in the process of setting something up formally where there will be like a like some type of referral scheme asking people, sorry, you didn't get it this time, but would you like us to introduce you to X, Y, and Z? And hopefully something else could be suitable for you. Amazing. Amazing. I love, I, I love that. What's, yeah. what's the biggest, what's the biggest issue then? Oh, not issue. What, what's the, what is the biggest hurdle? Because with issues, we always, we, we always think is of negative. What's the biggest hurdle when it comes to running this sort of um, cohort, this 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 boot camp? Where do you where do you need support? How how can how can I? How can we? How can the tech community help you with 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 these hurdles? So it's a good question. I can speak for myself and my role personally. Um, my biggest pressure or pain point is ensuring that not only do I have enough, you know, employers and engaged businesses yeah. in Birmingham and West Midlands that want to employ boot campers and want to employ juniors, 
but I get enough businesses that and and, and um, companies and employers that have the correct culture, that have the correct mentoring and scheme in place to progress a junior. Um, and they have the correct support for a junior. And on top of that, I get companies which are diverse enough to appeal to the diversity of the cohort as well. So I'm not going to go out there and only find one type of tech company uh, for everybody to try and you know, you know work in or work in one sector, but actually that there's a diverse pool from different tech sectors and different you know sectors as a whole that want to employ. And obviously, we're trying our best to engage with more and more employers. And we're lucky to have some amazing employers on board. Um, to name a few, we've got like The Economist, Santander, Bravissimo, Wealth Wizards, um, and loads of other amazing companies that we're talking to and we work with uh, in all different stages to you know, get boot campers into their, into their workforce. Yeah. But the biggest problem, I guess, is having, number one, enough in every cycle. Yeah. So because you employed last time doesn't mean that your employment cycle is going to line up with this cohort. So okay. it's always about finding new and fresh employers and having that, that kind of pool mm. where employers are constantly wanting to employ from School of Code. And we're getting there, but obviously it's still a push and it's still a push of engagement and building those relationships and getting more companies to know about what we do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Look, this, this is one of the reasons I, I've, I've run this series uh, a podcast is to, to obviously promote you guys and promote the good things that you are doing for the for the tech ecosystem and, and obviously that digital skills gap. What I was going to say is, what's let me let me spin it a little bit. What companies have you had rejections? Don't need to mention any names. What what's been mm. people that have perhaps not really got it, and, and what's been their reject their, their reasons for saying no? Some just. <laughs> Um, some just are very blunt and just say, no, this isn't for us. Right. And I think that's because they don't yet understand and are not open and willing to change how they've done things yeah. for a long period of time. So they just have legacy ways of doing things. For example, if a company says, no, 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 we actually only recruit our juniors from this, this, and this university. <laughs> that's it. And we recruit juniors from this university because they're the best and end of discussion. Yeah. When actually a lot of our boot campers have been proven to perform better in technical tests than computer science graduates. Yeah. So actually, you know, a few of our boot campers have gone to different companies and they are performing better. Yeah. They are contributing and they are um, performing within tech teams quicker mm. than people who have come out of a, of a commissary degree. So actually it's about talking to these companies who have to be open and willing enough to say there's an alternative route to getting good talent. Not saying that they need to shut off their uh, schemes and graduate schemes and how they recruit junior talent, but actually trying to push them to be open to having a new way of doing this yeah. and helping them to realize that by hiring from School of Code, you are actually um, an effective contributor in decreasing the skills gap. Yeah. And some companies just aren't ready, willing or open enough mm. to start having that uh, conversation. But I do believe that those companies who aren't recruiting this diverse talent who aren't doing these things, eventually uh, will get left behind by the companies that are. Yeah, I, I agree. And wh why do you think your students are performing better than maybe students that are coming out in the university? That's a good question. Uh, number one is fantastic teaching. Yeah. Uh, and fantastic and practical teaching. So uh, Ben Lee, who was on the second cohort, uh, is, is one of the teachers on this cohort. And for somebody to make such incredible leaps and bounds as a developer 
in a year to get to a point of teaching others is incredible, which speaks to his aptitude of code. Uh, Dr. Chris Mia, obviously PhD artificial intelligence, excellent, fantastic mind. And uh, I do my part when I can. <laughs> um, and on top of that, it's the practical soft skill teaching as well. So actually we get them engaged in a lot of soft skills in leadership, in presentation, around mindset. So all of those things are actually worked into our curriculum as an equally important part as the technical skills are. So they come out with equally as good soft skills as they come out with technical skills. Yeah. They also work on real life, real world projects. So they actually work on projects from companies in this environment. And that also means that they've not just had, you know, teaching for 16 weeks, they have an effective portfolio of real world work. Yeah. So they've actually got stuff that they can show that this isn't just something I cooked together in my room <laughs> for the sake of displaying my skills. Yeah. This is actually something that was used by a client that somebody might have even paid for. So actually they come out with such a great blended mix. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I would say is speaking to the just incredible nature of the boot campers themselves is the amazing backgrounds they come from. That makes them have such a huge diversity of thoughts. So when they get somewhere, if they've had a, a background in, for example, one of our current boot campers uh, was a postdoctoral researcher for volcanoes. Others worked in the NHS. Others are return to work mums. Others are doing all these different things before they came. That diversity of thought and mindset adds something completely different to all of them. And I think that's what makes them really special when they actually get in front of employers. I, th I think that's the difference, isn't it? Because they've already got s potential soft skills because of the, you know, whatever that work is, it doesn't need to be relevant. Um, and I think actually, I always say that, you know, soft skills are, you know, the hardest things to train. Whereas technical yeah. skills, you can, you can train it if they've got the right aptitude and that, that willingness to, to obviously uh, communicate. Um, so no, I think it's 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 so important to 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 talk about these 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 sort of stories because without talking about them, how are people meant to understand, you know, what it is? And and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a recruiter, so I speak to people that don't know me a lot, and you know, you get shut off straight away. They just they don't know, you know, they just think you're just you're just trying to sell something, right? So I think it is it's a difficult Basically. it's a difficult uh, way. Of, of working and I do think we've changed it's, sales has obviously changed um, and I think we've got yeah. to have a modern approach to that and I think the best mm -hmm. way is rather than tell people is that you've got to educate by perhaps storytelling or or case studies mm -hmm. or examples so that takes me on nicely can you give us a couple of really good success stories from some of your cohort that have um, that have obviously graduated uh, from from your first yeah, second sure. course? Sure. So in our first uh, cohort, we had uh, Claire Streets, who was um, actually a return to work mum, uh, who ended up winning, winning um, tech awards, ended up as a director, director level at, um, at a tech company after she finished. She went on basically to become a shining example of a return to work mum going into work and doing exceedingly well after coming out of, uh, of School of Code. And Obviously, that's that's you know clearly fantastic. That's that's amazing. We've had, um, for example, Manu, who was on our second cohort, who was a translator uh, beforehand, who actually got hired by the Economist while she was still pregnant. <laughs> and so you know we have all of these uh, boot campers who are all amazing in their own right, yeah. breaking down stereotypes, 
and going into work and proving that actually I can come from a different background. I can come from an underrepresented group yep. and I could come into technology and be as incredible or amazing or better as anyone else. Yeah. I, I love that. I think the message when we talk about this, it does go back to employers quite a lot. And, and obviously I'm, I'm lucky that I can, with a lot of the, my client base, um, I can have a very honest conversation with. I think that's just built through trust. And, and I think saying no as well. I think a lot of recruiters out there say yes all the time. And I think that therefore, if you, if you think about someone that's hiring for something, they're like, they've got this list of technologies, right? And then you get a recruiter that just goes, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, you know, this is, this is, <laughs> this is not realistic. Or, you know, you've got to manage expectations. I think job descriptions are one of those things, right? How many times have you seen a tech mm. job description where it just goes straight in? Innovative business, um, award-winning business. <laughs> um, we need five years React experience. I don't think, you know, all of these different things. What's happened now is that companies are changing the way that they market themselves. You talk about brands, you talk about cultures. I've got a client, perfect example. Their first page it's just about them. It's about their values. It's about their culture. It's about why people that already work there enjoy working there. Then the second page is if you're interested in, for example, AI, machine learning, you've got an interest to, uh, on, on technology in your own time. That's the stuff people are, are, are interested in. That's the way we need to start doing things. I don't feel employers market themselves in, in the what I believe is the modern the modern way. Mm. Um, and mm. if you've got the businesses already that are already seeing what your value is and how you can, what sort of offerings your, your talent can, can bring through graduating through these boot camps, then that's number one. Hurdle number two is, is mm. you, me, every other digital solution provider, every other recruiter, every other internal talent piece talking and trying to tell all these success stories in order to, to really change people's mindsets. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest hurdles I find in, I, I find myself at the moment. Mm. So are you saying that actually what, you know, employers and companies need to be pushing and talking about more is, is culture? Yeah, I think values, culture, what, what do you actually stand for? Mm. You know, you, you're talking mm. about a market whereby if you're a JavaScript developer, right, and you're regardless of you being a junior or a mid or you know a senior you could have your choice of anything right um of any mm. position yet businesses mm. don't seem to want to go that extra step in terms of what they're about you know what is their culture what's it actually like to work there yet they want to say, mm. You know, want to do a long interview process, want to send technical tasks without really buying, getting buy-in from people. Like, why are people going to do a technical task yeah. before they get buy-in from someone, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking that we're, yeah. we're still a long way away from that. I know that there's a shift, but I, I believe that we, we're moving away from job descriptions. I think there's a company like Advanced. Do you know Advanced in the, the mailbox? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Advanced. We actually had a, a talk for them, yeah. actually, that came in to speak to us. Yeah, really, really they, they don't, if I'm right in saying this, you're going to know this better than I do then. I don't believe they hire with CVs anymore. Oh, yeah. really? I think they've, they've got us, they might not do that for all the roles, but I believe that they do that for a, for a percentage of their roles. Now, if that is me being different, uh, you know, I'm awful. 
I'm all for that. I mean, gone gone is the day where you just send a CV. I mean, what does that say? We've got video technology. You know, why can't we do video CVs? Why can't we do introductions in a slightly different way? Um, But I think job descriptions are the biggest thing that markets your brand before you even go to market to to find out. That's albeit if you advertise direct or, you know, you use a recruiter. If a recruitment company is just you're pasting your advert, then what's the point of using a recruiter, first of all? But second. Yeah, exactly. if there's nothing in that job description that sticks out that makes me go wow i want to work there then what's the point you know i don't, I don't understand yeah. you know and this is where we've got to get out the draconian ways but the only way we're going to do that is if we do it together i believe sure sure no i completely understand to actually create a shift in culture is what yeah, you're saying i think so and, and but yeah. that's got to be done at all levels that, that can't just be done you know me as, as as i know there's a lot of recruiters out there that think the same as me but you know recruiters internal uh talent uh acquisition you know whoever is in charge of pulling these strings in terms of managing expectations write a decent job spec sell your culture sell your values secondly make your tech sound jazzy if you're hiring for a graduate and you put a list of technologies yeah. that they've never even heard of how are you going to get them to apply <laughs> i think you've got to get the balance you've got to get the balance so yeah. this ticks me nicely on to uh back onto you Balmore. employers if you have a message for employers right now in terms of you know where they can get value and, and a message in terms of how they could change their mindset a little bit what would that message be uh, that message would be think about diversity think about what makes um a tech team good what makes a tech team really really good and great it's not always technical skills um Recently went to a talk at NatWest Accelerator here in Berlin. Yep. Uh, and one of the key takeaways from that talk I got was uh, um, hire for attitude, um, train for like skills. Yep. So you hire someone based on, you know, what are they bringing? What is their attitude? How are they going to develop in the future? And you can always train them up for skills. Luckily, all of our boot campers have, are highly skilled when they come in. But I would say that some a lot of them have some of the, most potential that I've ever seen. So to actually think about people's potential when hiring and to think about how your culture can nourish and grow people's potential, that's the best way to keep somebody engaged in your company. And that's the best way to get someone to even want to work for your company. Uh, And that's where I've seen with the companies I work with at School of Code, that's what I've seen the great ones do. And the ones that have the best tech teams, they always, always have a way of having a culture that promotes growth and harmony within their tech team. Yeah, absolutely. And this this word yeah. culture, brand values, again, without the risk of uh, of, of buzzing away, but um, no, they're, they're just so yeah. important, more so now than I believe ever. Yeah. Um, mm. And so we've got to we've got to work together to 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 be an advocate of that. You can't you can't say it and then yeah. you know not promote it. But you know, one of my favorite parts, I'm sure it is yours, is going into a, a new potential client and and physically oh, go yeah. to see him you know and understand it yeah that, that atmosphere yeah it's 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 incredible it's, it's so exciting you know and yeah even now I, I speak to clients where you know they've been hiring for you know 10 years and and i had one guy he said to me do you know what you're like the you're only the sixth recruiter that's ever come to meet me and i was just like 
Oh, no. I was like, that's, that's mind boggling. But I've noticed this since I've uh, set, up, set up on my own is that, you know, I, I meet every one of my clients without fat, without, without fail. I will go and meet every single one of them mm. because it's so important. Like, I, I understand that. How mm. can you hire someone for a, for a permanent role where they're going to be there for years without understanding who they're going to be working for, what their company stands for? And, and you know, even little things like how's that commute going to take? You know, do you know, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's very interesting. So that personal touch is definitely something that, you know, you would consider that gives you an edge. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. It's just, um, I think it's about what you do with that. I think a lot of people probably say, meet me for a coffee or meet me for this. And I think it's all about, you know, utilise people's time. What I found recently is obviously with, with where we're at with, you know, the old um, COVID-19, um, I think everything's had to go virtual anyway. One of the things I promoted once, um, which I don't know why businesses don't do this, and feel free to take this idea, by the way, whoever's listening, is we've got WhatsApp video. Most businesses have got Wi-Fi in their offices. Mm. Why don't they just give us a tour? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, through the office and go, hi, this is Dave, our lead developer. This is Suzanne, our head of marketing, you know, whatever it might be. Um, But, you know, there's there's so many ways now. And I'm, I'm hoping this whole, this whole thing at the moment being in lockdown and perhaps we can, you know, we come up with even more innovative ways. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, what, what I was going to ask you lastly, cause I don't want to take mm. you know, too much of your time up, but what, what's the plan? What's the plan of school? Mm. Okay. You guys, you guys are, you guys are big and you know, you, you, you guys are, are leading the way and a lot of people always refer to you guys. Um, so you, yeah, I'm sure you're going to continue to, to lead from the front, but what's the plans for, for, for the business? Train as many people as we possibly can, get them into, into tech. I guess that's the overarching mission. But we've seen from this whole COVID-19 outbreak and, you know, the kind of, for whatever of a better word, chaos it's caused, but also how it's, you know, shown new opportunities. Uh, so we've started running the whole bootcamp remotely. We didn't let it, you know, completely destroy our plans or destroy the bootcamp. And what we've seen is that it's gone fantastically well. Um, that remote is not as scary as it sounds. Um, and that we can rely on tools that we have to deliver something remotely, which helps us to think that we could probably help loads more people so much faster if we start thinking about what we can do with an online offering. We can help companies, we can help people in different countries to upskill. There's so many opportunities there. So I guess in what this has forced us to do is expedite our plans on how we can offer online. So that's actually what we're, we're putting our heads together about and thinking about at the minute. How have your students um, taken the transition? Oh, they've enjoyed it. I had a conversation with uh, one of our boot campers today, Cheryl, who was like, look, she's she even feels more comfortable asking questions uh, when it's online than she you felt in the classroom. And maybe that's because she's in an environment that she feels comfortable in, in her home. Yeah. Uh, she's had, you know, she's formed wonderful, wonderful friendships. So she's actually had one of the other boot campers actually coming around to her house to work together whilst doing it remotely. It for her has, you know, also completely cut down her commuting time from an hour to downstairs. So she what well, she's saving time, saving money and having a great experience. All yeah. everyone really needs is a stable internet connection, which, you know, the majority of people have. And that's, you know, it's, it's, gone, it's gone better than I actually thought it, it would in the short term. And they're having a very good response to it. 
I don't, I don't want to, you know, we, I, I know it's, it's a sensitive matter, uh, yeah. you know, where we're at with stuff, but I've got to say, what, what else can you do except for, you know, react positively um, and, 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 and sort of come up with new ideas? What, what you can, what, 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 what's the point in moaning about it? Yeah. Everyone, make yeah. good of a bad situation, mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys are, 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 are doing what, that. I'm trying to, yeah. And I guess that's what challenges often present. Challenges often present new opportunities just in a very disguised way. Uh, and, you know, if you're, if you're positive enough and innovative enough and want to look and push, you can find those opportunities despite all the negative that's going on. And once the storm yeah. is over, you can leverage all, all that learning and all those opportunities, you know, for the end game. Absolutely. And I hope we don't refer back to type after all of this. You know, mm. this is this is it. You know, I think the biggest thing about it is just being trust. How do you trust your staff, isn't it? Um, yeah. So this is, and, you know, even some of the tech companies, you know, this is a, this is a whole new whole new little world for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you don't trust uh, the people you hire, you probably shouldn't hire them anyway. <laughs> if you can't trust them to do their work when you're not looking at them. Probably should have taken them on board. So, you know, that that also helps me to think about their hiring, you know? Yeah. Goes back to culture and brand, right? Exactly. As we're often about. Exciting (laughs) planes, Bamwo. Look, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Um, If there's anything I can do, uh, anything, you know, the tech community community can do, Mm. um, is is there anything else you want to add um, in terms of? No, actually, I just want to say thank you for giving us this opportunity to to talk about these topics, uh, to share our experience. And I hope this is the beginning of just, you know, many, many more great things that we, we can achieve together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's speak soon and, and w- yes. good luck with, uh, with, with the third cohort. Um, and uh, no doubt, I'm sure there'll be a time where we might have to have a virtual beer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Dad. All the best. Take it easy. Cheers, Bamwo. Cheers, Cheers, bye. Bye. Bye.